Hello? I say, is anyone in here? Welcome to the house of IDP. IDP? Crikey! What the blazes is that? In the house of IDP, we follow all players on both sides of the ball. On the Read and React podcast, we tackle everything you need to know to build a championship defense for your fantasy team. That sounds terrifying. Don't you need to spend hundreds of hours learning all about defensive players? IDP is an ancient evil, but also the future. Listen to the Read and React, and we will arm you with all the arcane knowledge you need to defeat your enemies. Wowzers! You mean you distill a huge amount of information about the hundreds of players in the NFL so that your listeners can dominate their leagues? What will that cost me? The podcast is free, but once IDP sinks its flaming hooks into you, it will steal your soul! Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome to the championship edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler with me, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. As always, guys, we're going to talk about the most important thing from all these NFL matchups in week 16. But to be honest, Matt, the most important thing is if you won your championship or not. I know we're recording on Sunday night, as always, before the two primetime games kick off. But tell me, how you, how you feeling this week? Are you, are you the champ? Are you holding the belt? You got the trophy over your head? I think I get might get two out of six. Uh... Ouch. Which isn't a great. Which isn't great. <laughs> oh, just I, I do want to give one quick shout out, real quick, to uh, at DFF Carp. I think he's right over at, at, at DFF, um, and he. I started the day in, in Trade Addicts Eight, which is one of our our friend Russ Fisher's leagues. Uh, I think he's our boss now, something like that. Um, but uh, I, I started out the day today with, uh, in that league down zero points for me because I hadn't had a player go yet to 239.5 because he literally had every player that went off on Friday, Saturday, Kamara, Evans, Brady, you name it. He had them. So that's the biggest deficit I've ever seen before. I've had a player even begin. I don't know if that that's a record or anything, but it it feels like one currently the score is three Oh six to one forty three. So I think I can probably (laughs) stop paying attention to that one. (laughs) Yeah. Turn that one off for sure. That's at least if you're, if you're going to go out, get rocked right away and just close that window and forget about it for the rest of the weekend. Right. Close that tab, man. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> how about you? How's the uh, how's championship weekend treating you? Uh, it's going about the same. Um, I might I might get a couple of titles if I'm lucky. I, I was also in six finals, uh, I believe, like like Matt was. So it's it's been kind of a rough day so far. We've got some games still to come. Uh, so hope, hoping for a good outcome. Yeah, yeah, lot, lot, lot of the same for me too. Uh, also, six title games. I got two wrapped up, hoping for a couple more before the weekend ends. And we're hoping that all our listeners wrap up those titles as well. Keep it here on the DLF Dynasty podcast as we cover all these 
all these guys' values throughout the offseason. We're getting into the uh, most important time of the year. We, th- we talk about the most important thing from every game. Uh, we're getting close to the most important time of the year, the offseason, for all dynasty managers. Uh, let's start covering these games, guys, because although the games weren't great over the holidays before Sunday started, uh, with the exception of, of the later game, uh, on Saturday night, we should talk about them. And I don't know if there's anything else to say about that Saints-Vikings game other than Alvin Kamara, 155 yards and six touchdowns. The only thing I can say, Matt, is it really should have been seven. <laughs> yeah, Taysom yeah. got kind of kind of bugged us, right? He got got it got in the way of that seventh touchdown. Could have had 60. It was annoying game. to me. It was. He didn't it was get really a shot annoying. Down there. It was really annoying. Uh, I think I saw somewhere that he was, it's the, 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 the best fantasy performance in week 16 since like 1995 when Jerry Rice had a, had a huge game. So like the third, third most of all time. So yeah, there's not really much else to say. Kamara's pretty good. Uh, Jefferson's still pretty good. Dalvin Cook is still okay, I guess. Ryan, your thoughts about the Kamara explosion on, on Friday night? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course. Very impressive. Uh, one of the best performances we'll, we'll ever see, especially in the fantasy playoffs. I do wonder, with the timing of it and, and the game being uh, on Christmas Day, the, the fantasy playoffs, basically every fantasy dynasty player out there is sitting at home and watching that game. I, I wonder how much that impacts Kamara's offseason value if he could potentially move up and, and be the 101 in – Dynasty startup drafts. We've talked on uh, on episodes over the past few weeks about the likelihood of that uh, that still being Christian McCaffrey, even with his injury, or if somebody else could challenge. And I think just the the timing of everything with Kamara could put him in the conversation, even though he's he's basically a, a full year older than. Then McCaffrey. Lots of quarterback questions with Alvin Kamara, and and we've seen how the quarterback play can in, impact his performance. Um, I'm, I would still prefer McCaffrey, but I think it could happen. Yeah, I'd like how you put that, Ryan, in the conversation, because there's, there's a conversation to be had when you have that decision to make. But when it comes down to it, and I think Matt would agree, it's it's McCaffrey for me, and he showed it in just the few times that he was on the field. Kamara is brilliant. He's great to have on a roster. It's fun to plug him into your lineup every week. And he's a great prize at the 102, but it's still McCaffrey for me. Yeah, I have some notes on McCaffrey later, so I'll, I'll save them, but it's still, still okay. McCaffrey. <laughs> All right, we'll get around to that. Uh, that's what we call in the biz a tease, right, man? We'll get, that's to, right. We'll get to that's that. right. Uh, the rest of the things from this game, it looked like it was going to be a shootout early. Kamara scores, then Delvin Cook goes right down the field. He scores. Cook kind of slowed down, 15 for 73 and a score. Thielen was good, 8 for 97 and a touchdown. Jefferson was good once again. The guy I wanted to mention, guys, uh, Irv Smith Jr., another nice game, 6 for 53, scored twice in this game, and he's finishing the season strong. Week 14 at Tampa Bay, four catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Week 15 against Chicago, just 3 for 37, but the two touchdowns on Friday. Feels like Irv, when when he's handed the reins, when he's the guy and Rudolph isn't, uh, isn't the other tight end that's taking away from what Irv can do. He's a useful dynasty piece and certainly mixes in as a low-end tight end one type option. Yeah, I think that's where we should be valuing him. 
I do have concerns about uh, about Irv Smith basically being the third option in that passing offense, and I, I don't really see anything changing with that next year. I, I think it's very realistic or reasonable to expect Kyle Rudolph to be off that roster, so I'm not as much worried about uh, about Rudolph as a block just as I am about Thielen and, and Jefferson holding down those top two spots. Yeah, and Tyler Conklin, they love to use tight end, two tight ends. Conklin's still catching passes. It's maddening if you're if you're relying on Irv Smith to see Conklin across the middle for a seven-yard dump off. Uh, let's talk about the Buccaneers and the Lions. This one was not a good football game. Tampa Bay wins 47-7. to It was over early, especially early for Tom Brady, who didn't really play in the second half. 348 yards and four touchdowns. Evans was a monster, 10 for 181 and two. Godwin got into the end zone. Gronk caught two. And uh, Antonio Brown even caught a touchdown. Everybody was busy for Tampa Bay. Kashawn... Keyshawn Vaughn, Ryan, he even got in on the action. He led the team uh, in carries, had the most snaps in that backfield. Vaughn didn't look too bad. No, he didn't at all. And um, I'm just just wondering, and it's hard to take away too much in that game because it was such a blowout and backups were in in, in the second half, et cetera. But uh, Vaughn did, uh, did impress overall. And you, you look at that running back depth chart, we assume – Leonard Fournette will not be on that roster next year. And uh, we all did not like Keyshawn Vaughn as a, as a first round rookie pick or as a um, basically did not like his value in the off season, but where he's being valued now, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh, more interested. So his May ADP was 66 overall. He was the RB 24 back in May in our, in our startup uh, dynasty startup ADP. Now he's 155 overall and the RB 50. So uh, if you can get him at that, at that valuation or at that price, uh, I definitely like taking a chance on, uh, on Keyshawn Vaughn this off season. Yeah, certainly a guy to monitor this off season as trade negotiations go on. Uh, as far as Detroit goes from this game, I think the the main guy I could say that dynasty managers were looking at in this ball game, DeAndre Swift, just 10 carries for 45, four catches for 25. The game strip script was not good for DeAndre Swift. So not a lot to talk about on the field for the Detroit Lions, Matt. Is there anything off the field that we should be thinking about? Yeah, I think we have to re- remember Kenny, Kenny Galladay. He's he's kind of the forgotten man. Sometimes that happens with these players that are injured for most of the season. But uh, in the four full games that he did play this season, he had either 100 yards or a touchdown in each of in each of those. Uh, he just turned 27 in November, so he's entering those still entering those prime production years at wide receiver. Of course, there are some questions. You know, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. You assume that Detroit's going to bring him back, but but maybe not. Uh, and then also, there's been a, a little bit of of uh, rumors going around that Stafford might be either on the block or uh, I don't really know if they can cut him. There's a there's a huge dead cap number um, if they were to do that. Uh, so there are some questions there. Where is he going to play next year? Who's his quarterback going to be? But some of the the trades again in the trade finder, and we do have to take this with a little bit of a grain of salt this time of year. But the three most tra- recent trades, and even even going back a, a few weeks at before that, um, before we got to the playoffs, and people were really kind of making these win now moves. Uh, the trades were a little bit, uh, I would say, too low for Kennedy Galladay. But in a one quarterback league, we have Rodgers and Brandon Cooks. 
I think Galladay is still the answer there for me. Uh, Mar- Marvin Jones and Melvin Gordon for Kenny Galladay. And then Cooper Cup in a fourth. I don't know how you guys feel about that one. I still probably take Cup in that situation. But the point is, I think, is that as we enter these this rookie draft season, as always, once we get to rookie fever, you're going to be able to buy a guy for Galladay for a mid to late first, I think, somewhere in that range. Uh, and, a one quarter, and in a one quarterback league, for a guy you still have probably two years, two to three years of prime production, I think we still have to think about uh, Kenny Galladay this offseason. So don't forget about him. All right, let's go to the 49ers and the Cardinals. San Francisco gets the win here, 20-12. to 12. Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, had a heck of a game, 22 carries, 183 yards, also caught a 21-yard touchdown pass. George Kittle in his return, 4 for 92. So if we depended on him, he at least, uh, at least came through with that much. Ryan, what were your takeaways from this 49ers offense as you watched the game on Saturday? I was disappointed with Brandon Ayuk. He had been one of the hottest receivers in the league, really, coming into this game. Of course, a lot of that has been done uh, without Debo Samuel in the lineup. It had basically all been done without George Kittle in the lineup. And with Kittle coming back, uh, I wondered how how much that would impact Ayuk. And in this game, he had just two targets, uh, just had one catch. So... Uh, I, I think this this kind of stings his value a little bit, and to me, you think about Kittle and, and Samuel in that lineup next year. We have no idea who the quarterback is going to be. There's some some talk that uh, maybe they move on from Garoppolo and somehow and, and in some way, and and this is still a team that wants to be a run first offense. Um, so I'm just wondering and thinking maybe Brandon Ayuk should be a sell. Maybe we should be selling this offseason based on all that hype. Yeah, and we've been guilty of it probably, Ryan, uh, talking up Ayuk and all that those big-time performances. They're finding ways to get him the football, and you're right. That just wasn't the case on Saturday with Kittle back and with C.J. Beathard under center. I don't know if that factored in at all. Also, the running game was working with Wilson as he was the premier running back for, for that 49ers offense. You wonder how that all kind of shakes out and how that would would affect things moving forward. I I'm watching intently. I think that's something to keep an eye on in week 17, see how things go with Ayuk as, as we move forward. For the Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray, 247, didn't throw a touchdown, threw a pick, 75 rushing yards, but another kind of ho-hum performance from Kyler Murray. Been a little bit of a disappointment in the second half of the season. DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of the same. Eight catches, that's great in PPR, but just 48 yards and wasn't able to find the end zone either. The Raiders and the Dolphins were the nightcap, and this was the good game of those standalone games over the holiday weekend, guys. Miami comes back, comes from behind with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 26-25. to They beat the Raiders. Fitzpatrick went for 182 and a touchdown as a late replacement. Uh, Miles Gaskin helped carry the mail for the Dolphins rushing attack, 14 carries, 87 yards, also caught five balls for 82 and two receiving touchdowns, man, Miles Gaskin, he, he was the guy, the show really on that offense, Ryan, until they needed Ryan Fitzpatrick. What are your thoughts on Gaskin as we move into the off season? Yeah, he was, he was just dominant in that game, both as a runner and as a pass catcher, he led the Dolphins in receiving as well. And I know even, I think even just last week, I suggested maybe uh, Savan Ahmed could 
could carve out a role. Maybe that's a committee moving forward. The way Gaskin played uh, in this week against the Raiders, and and we should note that it is against the Raiders, one of the one of the worst uh, run defenses in the league. But Gaskin looks like he's going to be an underrated player, uh, really an underrated player to target all off season. He's had uh, he's been the RB an RB two, so a top twenty four running back seven times this year in just nine games, including three times as a top 12 scorer, and uh, he, he's locked up for two more years on that team. Yeah, and what what's really nice is that commitment to the running game that the coaching staff has shown. They're willing to have a lead bell cow running back, and when Gaskin has been healthy, he's been the guy. We'll see if that, that continues. Other notes for the Dolphins, probably the biggest of all, Mike Gusecki, four for 54. They were without some receivers, uh, had to piecemeal things together, but they get it done and get the win. How about the Raiders, Matt? Because I think anytime we think of the Las Vegas Raiders and that offense as dynasty managers, we think Darren Waller, five for 112. That's pretty good. Josh Jacobs didn't catch a pass and 13 carries for 69 yards. We were probably expecting more even against a tough Miami defense, especially when you consider that they had the lead for part of this game and it was a it was a game script, a close game that would usually mean Josh Jacobs is part of the offense, part of a factor for sure. Yeah, and you know, he has that he, he's traditionally had that volume since coming into the league with the Raiders. The John uh, uh Gruden certainly does not have any problem running his running backs and just kind of using them as the that battering ram, right? But I just kind of feel like Jacobs is 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 a volume-based running back too at this point. You guys are hap- are, are certainly Welcome to disagree with me. He is the running back seven entering week 17 overall, just from, you know, uh, accumulating stats. Um, but, but this season he has four weeks as a running back one, four weeks as a, as a low end, mid to low end running back two, two weeks as a running back three, and then two more weeks as a running back four. And that's not counting this game. So I'm guessing he's going to be in that three to four range again this season. And somebody that we are drafting as the running back six in ADP in, in, in uh, in December and 10th overall, still in the first round. I just kind of feel like we should expect more than that. Uh, he is consistent, consistent rake 11. So it's, it's right around that range. But for a guy that we're only getting running back one weeks, you know, about a quarter of the time, uh, I would, I, I would like to invest somewhere else in that late round for late first round. And then for trades, if, if you just if you want to investigate trade offers, uh, Jacobs for, uh, Jacobs and Josh Oliver. So basically just Jacobs for Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and OBJ. I think I, I don't know. Where are you guys out on CEH versus Jacobs? Cause I kind of feel like I, I still want CEH, uh, ahead of him at this point. Are you, are you guys still there? Are you on Jacobs? Uh, they're close enough for me that the OBJ Anything side extra? of that, well, yeah, the OBJ side of that makes it a slam dunk. Uh, right. Yeah. And then Jacobs for Mixon and Shark. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Mixon straight up despite yeah. him pretty much disappointing this year. So I don't know. He's only 22. I just feel like at this point we kind of know what he is. If he, unless he's going to unlock that passing game, part of his, uh, part of his, his repertoire, like we thought was going to be the biggest strength, you know, coming out. He's just not really been used that way. About 30 targets this year, 20, 20, or sorry, excuse me, about 30 catches this year, 20 something last year. So uh, I don't think he's ever going to be that 50 to 60 catch guys unless that's Oakland just kind of changes the way they do business. And I don't really see that happening. Yeah, he's a he's a vexing uh, dynasty asset, that's for sure. As as he's up and down throughout the season, and his value spikes and kind of plummets with it, it seems like. But the the overall feeling is always that will he get that 
that passing game work and it's just not consistent enough. And the coaching staff isn't going to change in Las Vegas. He's got that big deal. So, so there's just not enough to point towards him being anything more than the RB two that you suggested there, Matt. Uh, let's move on to the games from Sunday. The Jets, they're on a winning streak, guys. Two wins in a row. They win 23-16, to 16, beat the Browns. Uh, Sam Darnold threw two touchdown passes, 175 through the air. Jamison Crowder threw another touchdown pass, caught seven for 92 and a score as well. So the Jets get the win. It's kind of odd what's happening in New York, Ryan. That's it, certainly a... a interesting situation for sure. What are you thinking about when it comes to the Jets and what's going to happen over the next handful of months as we enter 2021? Well, we're definitely definitely going to see some changes and definitely going to see those at the uh, when the with the coaching staff. I'm I'm not as confident uh, after these past 2 weeks that uh, that we'll have an upgrade at quarterback that Sam Darnold would be gone, but I'm I'm also not sure that that's a bad thing. I, you know, I want to see Sam Darnold, what Sam Darnold can do without uh, Adam Gaze and, and this coaching staff. But uh, regardless if it's Darnold or, or whoever the quarterback is with a new coaching staff, I want to take a chance on, on these wide receivers. And uh, it's, for me, it's going to be Jamison Crowder and Denzel Mims. Crowder has, uh, he, he's uh, his contract keeps him in New York for one more year after this. And it seems like they could get out of that if they want, but he's, he's been very productive. So I, I think those two guys are safe bets to, to be there and, and really to be the top two options uh, in 2021 for this team. And, and they're both uh, pretty easy trade targets in dynasty leagues. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that I think about when considering Mims is how other dynasty managers that invested in him, how they're looking at him. So, and I'll ask both of you guys this, if you own Mims, if you had him on your roster and used either a very late first or early second round pick on the young receiver for the Jets, and you're considering him for his future and what's, what's going to happen next, especially now that they don't hold the number one pick and that's a lock and no Trevor Lawrence, how how willing are you to move him, and, and what's the price tag when it comes to Denzel Mims? Well, I think you have to look at it as being um, a player rather than a pick. A lot of times when we're talking value, we'll, we'll assign, assign that using rookie draft picks. Uh, I don't think that's as easy with a guy like Mims because, uh, like you said, why would you sell him for a second rounder if, if that's what you spend, or, or certainly if you spend a late first rounder? Um, so I, I think you're going to have to move a, a player and find, find you know, and that, that just comes down to the the needs of the other team that you're dealing with. If I've got him on my on my roster, I'm I'm going to try to be patient. But as as I've seen so many other rookies and especially rookie receivers make a big impact, it's it's been frustrating uh, not to see too much from him. I'm in the same spot. I wouldn't. I would not move him for a late first or an early second. Again, that's what we paid for him. So uh, I'm. I'm going to hold on and, and hope that things get better for him. Darnold's probably probably gone, and you know, at this point, it looks like they're probably still going to get Fields. So you know, it's not Lawrence, but still an upgrade, a quarterback there. Um, so I'm, I'm still happy to hold him. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm moving him unless somebody comes calling with, uh, I don't know, I guess like a late first and like a, like a, like a first and a second, maybe once you get into that range, but I don't think you're really going to get those kinds of offers this off season. 
Matt, we've talked about Sam Darnold a few times throughout the year, and he was he was pretty good. Didn't turn the ball over against the Browns on Sunday, but two touchdown passes, just 175 yards. What are you? What are your feelings of Sam Darnold as we get closer to this offseason? I continue to want to buy. I mean, especially in super flex leagues, there hasn't really been any recent trades uh, uh, in the trade finder because, I mean, who's really moving Sam Darnold right now? Um, but just a few that happened early in, early in December, David Johnson straight up, Hilton and Joshua Kelly straight up, Crowder and carry on. So all of these are way undervalued for a quarterback that I still think is going to be, if not a, a lock to be a starter next year somewhere, at least somebody who's going to be competing. You know, we, we saw uh, Dwayne Haskins get benched again today, so there's maybe an opportunity there. We don't know what's going to happen in Indy with, with Philip Rivers as he's going to get another shot there. You know, Wentz is, Wentz is, of course, going to be out there, I think, as well, um, at least on the trade market. So I, I do think he's going to get another shot. So I, w- I want to buy, especially for these prices right now. If I can get him for you know a mid-second round pick, I think I'm, I'm happy to spend that right now because I don't think I'm going to get a quarterback that uh, will be starting in the next year, I guess, uh, in rookie dress, although we, we said that with Jalen Hurts too maybe. so. Uh, but I think that's a fair price still, mid- mid-second uh, for, for a quarterback in Superflex Leagues. I like that for sure. We've talked about it a few times, but it's nice to remind everybody that Darnold still has a little bit of upside and, and may, may be one of those Tannehill-type guys that he's been yep. under Gase and hasn't been able to come through, but in a new system, maybe in a new city with a new coach, uh, things may be very, very different for Sam Darnold. For the Browns in this game, not really a whole lot to talk about. Baker Mayfield, 285, that's fine. Didn't throw a touchdown, didn't throw a pick, but... Couldn't get the one yard that he needed late in the game to keep that going and try to beat the Jets. Austin Hooper was good. I think he had like four catches on the first drive. Ended seven for 71 in the game. Chubb, just 11 carries. Game strip script uh, certainly hurt him there. 28 yards and a score, but caught five passes for 38. And Kareem Hunt, four carries, 11 yards and a score. Uh, three catches for 41 yards. That was It was a bummer for the Browns, for sure. Browns fans will tell you that over and over again. The Ravens beat the Giants 27-13 to on Sunday. Lamar Jackson, 183-2 and through the air, also added 80 rushing yards. J.K. Dobbins was good, although he wasn't involved in the passing games. 11 carries, 77 yards and a score. Gus Edwards, two, uh, he, he was involved in the running game, game. Very, very effective on the ground. Over 80 yards on the ground, over 100 uh, scrimmage yards in the game. Mark Andrews, six for 76. It was all good, really, for the Ravens. For the for the Giants, same old problems. Evan Ingram, seven for 65. Sterling Shepard, nine for 77 and a touchdown. Ryan, Darius Slayton, the guy we talked about last offseason, maybe, maybe he can come through for us. Another stinker, two for 26. And the sh- we talked about the shine earlier with somebody else. The shine's uh, definitely rubbing off uh, with Darius Slayton. He just can't get it done. Yeah, it's, it's just really frustrating after what we saw from him as a rookie last season. Definitely showed some some promise and um, with guys like uh, Golden Tate and uh, Sterling Shepard's been been banged up most of the season. You you know, you expect Slayton to be able to really come through and and he's done the total opposite of that and um, it, it's been it's been really bad because he's had the opportunity. You mentioned the the two catches for 26 yards. He got eight targets. Uh, I believe he led the team in targets, and it's been that way the past two or three games. In fact, he's got twenty-five targets over his uh, over his past three games with just nine catches, so averaging 
um, averaging three catches on eight targets over the past three, and that's just just not going to get it done. It certainly isn't. It's been it's been rough having him on a roster. Certainly can't start him any week. Hopefully, a full off season helps him get back on track. We'll see how it plays out for Darius Slayton in twenty twenty one. Uh, let's the final game before we take a quick break. We'll talk about the Bengals and the Texans, 37-31 to 31 in favor of Cincinnati. They get their fourth win of the year behind Brandon Allen. The, the big names we're counting on in Week 16 in Cincinnati. Brandon Allen, 371 yards and two t- passing touchdowns. And Samaj P. Ryan, 13 carries for 95 yards and two scores. Wow, we didn't, I didn't see this coming, even against that Texans defense. I play a lot of monkey knife fight, and I was, I was taking the less on all these guys, and they came out as mores for sure. Uh, T. Higgins, though, Ryan, six catches, 99 yards, caught the touchdown. Once again, kind of under the radar, but man, he's good. He really is. He's he's very good. Uh, we're we're pretty sure AJ Green is going to be gone after this season. Obviously, Joe Burrow will be back, and Higgins has struggled without Burrow. But uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. And he just already feels like um, like maybe the next Robert Woods. I know I know he's he's taken a different path. He's made the instant impact as a rookie, where it took Woods a little while and and a change of scenery. But Woods is always that that receiver that produces and. Um, and never is valued like that. Maybe we could say the same for uh, for Cooper Cup, Woods' teammate there. And, and Higgins just feels like that guy already. He, he's not super flashy, but continues to get it done. I think that's over 1,000 yards for him on the season, I believe. Uh, I'll have to double-check that one. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's he's not going to be cheap, but I think he's going to be uh, more reasonable to acquire this offseason than – than some of the other rookies who have uh, performed similarly. Yeah, I like the way you put that with with what's going to happen a year from now and how that roster is going to unfold. The quarterback should improve the coaching staff. I That's where I, I kind of wonder or start to think twice, and I'll get your guys' thoughts on it. That coaching staff and these young talented players that they drafted over the last couple of seasons. It looks like they're going to need a little more help at the offensive line. Do we want, as dynasty managers, do we want this coaching staff to stay? Do we want them to be there in the long term? Is that going to help guys like Burrow and Higgins and and even Mixon once he's back next year? I I want them to. um, And I haven't heard too much much talk that the coaching staff could – uh, could change or could undergo major changes. So uh, I think considering the offensive line, as you said, considering some of the other uh, disappointing performances, uh, all in all, it's been a pretty positive season for the Bengals uh, as far as the result. Um, definitely should be hopeful for next year, I think. And um, I did double-check myself, by the way. T. Higgins, just over 900 yards. So he could get it next week. He could get that 1,000 next week, possibly. Matt, your thoughts on that Cincinnati coaching staff? Yeah, I think I want them to stay. I think you want Burrow to have that continuity on offense. He didn't have Mixon for basically the entire year. You mentioned the offensive line. They're, I think they're going to have the, the third pick, so they're going to end up with uh, Pew, I think. I don't know anything about offensive line, line playing guys, but it seems like he's the consensus best alignment in the draft, so they'll pick up another one there. Um, so, yeah, I want that coaching staff to stay and see what they can do with, with Burrow and, and all these guys once they're finally healthy. 
Yeah, if we know anything about Cincinnati, it's that they're not quick to fire a coaching staff and move on over the last handful of seasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to give Marvin Jones, what, what was it, 17 years or something with no playoffs? I think we can give Taylor a third year. Yeah, it really seems that way, and I agree with you guys. Hopefully he's back, and that continuity that you mentioned there, Matt, that's what, that's what those youngsters need. Hey, guys, Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet, and they are giving you free money and free Dynasty football content with an initial deposit. Open a new account with a minimum of a $10 deposit to Monkey Knife Fight, and you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to those of you that are current DLF annual membership subscribers. They'll they'll add another year to that subscription as well. Monkey Knife Fight is also going to match, on top of that free subscription to DLF, they're going to match your initial deposit, doubling your bankroll up to the maximum of $50. Featuring football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and so much more. You're going to find plenty of entertaining contest options even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games that do not have a salary cap. So if you can correctly predict the outcome, you are guaranteed to win. Those are my kind of odds, and there are no sharks. No professionals that are going to prevent you from claiming your prize at Monkey Knife Fight. You're not going to get algorithmed by the top 1% who dominate those other daily fantasy sites. Check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match in your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership only at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. The Bears trounced the Jaguars 41-17 to on Sunday. Matt, I don't know. There's there's not a lot of great things to say about Jacksonville. DJ Chark caught four passes for 62 and a touchdown. It was nice to see LaVisca Chenault catch that deep touchdown. He went five for 48 in the score. What are your thoughts about Jacksonville? Obviously, there's going to be a new quarterback. Maybe there'll be a new coaching staff. There's There's a lot to unpack here when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the long term. Just to, yeah, just just want to put out the quick reminder. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now, but we knew that they were going to have one of these top two quarterbacks locked up now with the Jets winning again. It looks like they might actually be the place where Trevor Lawrence uh, goes. So just the, that reminder to buy those Jacksonville players this offseason, whether it's Chark or LaVisca, heck, throw a, throw a, throw a late-round pick at, at Josh Oliver or something. You know, These guys are all going to have upgrades going forward. Uh, James Robinson, of course, has established himself. So all of these guys, I think, are going to get a value bump once Fields, or, or, or I guess, if they take uh, if they take Lawrence, of course, but if they take Fields too, like once one of these guys officially ink their name and we see them in a Jacksonville jersey, I think all of their values are going to shoot up. So even if you're not going to be a believer next year, I think the buying them now just to be able to flip them later once once they do get that quarterback in town is a smart move. Yeah, it's a savvy move for sure for the Bears. Uh, David Montgomery, 95 yards and a score once again, also caught two for 26. Allen Robinson was extremely good, 10 for 103, and almost caught a touchdown. Those touchdowns went to Jimmy Graham, four for 69 and two scores. But it really, the conversation might be centered around Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan. What are your thoughts on his performance on Sunday and what it might mean going forward as they're looking at a playoff spot? Yeah, this this sounds crazy to think about, but I think Mitchell Trubisky might get another shot to be this team's starter Jeez. next season. Um, of course, struggled really throughout his career off and on, uh, got benched earlier this year, but since he's come back, he's been the – uh, he's been the quarterback 10 in fantasy since week 12. That's actually not counting this week, so that'll probably 
rise a little bit. He's the quarterback five going into the um, going into the night games here. So uh, another strong performance from him. Another win for the Bears on their way, like you said, at least potentially to the playoffs. And uh, Trubisky is going to be a free agent, so it, this is not a this is not an automatic. They've they've got to re-sign him, and any starting quarterback is going to cost you you know, $20 million probably. So it's not a, uh, it's not going to be an easy decision, but they've got to find, they've got to find a starter if it's not Trubisky. Um, I, I don't know. I just can't believe that, that he's going to be, uh, he's <laughs> going to be there again. It, it seems surreal. Uh, I'm also worried whether Trubisky is there or not, that they're going to put the franchise ta- tag on Allen Robinson, who, uh, based on reports really throughout the year, does not want to be there. He wants a new team uh, as he gets set to enter free agency. So we'll we'll be watching the free free agency period for both of those players this offseason. Yeah, j- no comment. I, I don't want any of that stuff. Send, send A-Rob somewhere else, send Trubisky to be a backup somewhere else. I'm over it. We got to get the the hashtag free Allen Robinson trending right now. Yeah, free A Rob. Get it going right now. Get it it going. (laughs) No doubt. Uh, The Falcons gave another one away. It seemed like they were at least going to force overtime in Arrowhead against the Chiefs, but the Falcons once again unravel late in the game. Patrick Mahomes two seventy eight and two. A little bit disappointing in a in a championship week against the Falcons. Kelsey caught seven for ninety eight and a score. Uh, Tyreek, another perhaps disappointing performance in week 16, four catches for 65 yards, Ryan, the, the chiefs didn't really get it done for us, uh, in title week. No, they didn't at all. And, um, it just stepping away from, from dynasty or from fantasy overall, you, you have to kind of worry about their, their chances of, of returning to the Super Bowl. They, they seem to play down to their competition, uh, over the past several weeks and uh i don't know that that's not that's not going to cut it in the playoffs we'll see uh this is not the chiefs team that we've uh, we've been accustomed to seeing yeah they they ran that funny play on fourth and oh, inches yeah. and you know we're so used to andy reed and saying afterwards oh that was a brilliant play had them going all every which way it that that kind of shows their stumbles at this point of the season they they maybe got ahead of themselves just a little bit they're 14 and 1 and they have the number 1 seed and everything but there's reason to be concerned for sure as far as the falcons go kelvin ridley the best wide receiver on the field in that game five catches for 130 yards matt how about julio jones what are you thinking about with him I see Ryan shaking his head already. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> that was a, wow. I can't, I can't yeah. say anything. Light job. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like Julio might be a buy. I know he's going to be 32 years old, but he's literally going for, for, for nothing right now. And he's not the wide receiver one anymore, presumably. I mean, I don't know how NFL teams are necessarily going to feel about these two next year, but it seems like Calvin really is probably going to start getting that number one attention, uh, number one cornerback defensive attention. Uh, and he's going, he's just going for pennies right now. And if you're a contender who needs to add a cheap wide receiver who has, you know, wide receiver one upside in any given week, I feel like Julio is somebody you can, you could do that with. Uh, the last few trades in the trade finder, Logan Thomas straight up. Uh, what Mike Michael Thomas for Julio Judy and a second so you get maybe similar production with Julio and Thomas and you add Judy and a second to that 
uh, a third next year and a 2022 second and third for Julio. Corey Davis straight up for Julio. We saw in Red List 2, which is a league with a lot of smart owners, uh, or maybe it was Red List 1, I can't remember, but we saw Julio go for like Darnell Mooney and a, a pick. So I just think that we've already buried this guy. We know he's 32, but we've also seen, I think he's still in that same echelon as we thought of Larry Fitzgerald when he was in his early 30s and he's, you know, he's not necessarily an asset right now and is, was he 35, 34 this season? But I I think we get at least one more pretty good season out of Julio. So if, if it's these penny prices that we're looking and we know that these veterans get cheaper, the deeper in the off season we go. So if, if like a late second round pick, once we get to around uh, rookie draft season for Julio Jones, I am absolutely happy to pay that. So not saying it, it, it's necessarily going to happen, but I really think that his value is just going to keep dropping uh, until we get to the to kind of that crux where we start building up to the 2021 season like we do every year. I hope those deals happen in my leagues, and I, I hope I'm the first one to ask for sure, because I'll buy for that for sure. I think I can speak for all of us when I say we will. Uh, the, speaking of teams that gave away games, the Colts were up big in Pittsburgh, but Steelers come back and win 28-24, to Big Ben, 342, and three passing touchdowns. One of those were to Juju Smith-Schuster, who is 9 for 96. Another went to Deontay Johnson, 8 for 75. So the Steelers in the second half in particular come through. Um, the Colts in the first half came through. At least Jonathan Taylor did. 18 carries, 74 yards, and two first half touchdowns. We'll, we'll sidestep Taylor because I think we all expect him to be, you know, he's, he's the guy. He, we, we've talked about him every week. Let's talk about another rookie, Ryan, in that Colts offense. Uh, Michael Pittman, just three catches for 38 yards, kind of up and down his rookie season. He spiked in the middle of the year and we thought maybe the breakout was coming in the second half of the season. That didn't come, but the, the light shines bright for his future, no doubt. Yeah, I really think it does. I, I do think he he flashed enough this season to uh, to have me interested as a potential buyer in dynasty leagues, and I would throw Paris Campbell in there as well. We've we've already talked about the Jets wide receivers. We've talked about uh, members of the Jaguars offense as possible buys based on uh, potential quarterback upgrades, and we could really say the same thing about the Colts. Philip Rivers is a free agent. Um, he's, he's had a, a solid year. I don't know if it's been good enough for them to re-sign him and, and run it back though. So I, I do think we could, uh, have a new quarterback there in Indianapolis. They clearly want to, a, a, they're building their team as a playoff contender, uh, as they are now. So they're, they're not, not looking to rebuild. They're going to get a quarterback that can help them right away. And I think that would be good news for Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. Paris Campbell is a, a another post-hype sleeper. I was a big fan of him coming out of Ohio State, and I'm glad I'm not the only one that hasn't forgotten about him because early this season he was getting run. He was on the field regularly and showed the quicks that he – he possesses, he can get across the middle on those crossing routes really quickly and turn them upfield, make small gains into big gains. And he could be a guy that, talking about cheap prices, you could grab on the cheap this offseason and, and could have his breakout next year. So I'm glad you mentioned uh, Campbell right there. Let's get to these late Sunday games. Washington had a chance to really cement their way into the postseason, but disappointed a lot of a lot of that because of Dwayne Haskins. The Panthers go into Washington and win this 
120-13. to 13. Curtis Samuel was all over the place. Speaking of Ohio State scatbacks, fast guys, five catches for 106 yards. Also ran seven times for 52. He comes through. Robbie Anderson, he'd been a little bit slumping. Seven catches, that's great. Just 39 yards, but he scored a touchdown. DJ Moore, five for 37. That's the story on the field, Matt, for the Panthers. How about off the field? I mean, off the field, it's we, we teased it earlier, right? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, for me, he's still the 101. We only saw him for three weeks this season. He finished as the running back two twice in weeks one and nine, the running back five in week nine, averaging 30.1 points per game. Obviously a very small sample size, but he was doing that last year. I don't see why that's going to change. Uh, I mean, these, these injuries that he suffered are not you know, career altering one. So, you know, it's, it's possible that, you know, an an extra year without that, that huge workload that he's seen both in 2020, 2019 and 2018 is a little bit helpful for his long-term outlook. Kind of like Alvin Kamara, he's has that pass catching upside. So I think he's going to be relevant well, uh, you know, into his late twenties. So uh, still the one oh one for me uh, and and nothing's really changed there. I guess you can make an argument for Barkley and, and Kamara, but I think I'm caking CMC still. Yeah, I am too, and I think Ryan and I, Ryan and I made our uh, intentions well known earlier in that conversation. As far as Washington goes, I mentioned Haskins' disappointment: 154 yards, two interceptions, and a fumble. It was ugly for Dwayne Haskins. Is there is is there anything here for those of us in contract leagues, Ryan, that have Dwayne <laughs> Haskins on a four-year deal? Uh, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> Haskins got benched uh, for Taylor uh, Heineke, Heineke in this game, which you know really really tells you all you need to know. And of course, he had the the off field issue uh, a, a little over a week ago. So, I mean, I'm not even sure Dwayne Haskins is on this roster in a couple of days, let alone the starter. Um, certainly, certainly not the starter next year. And I mean, I think we could see a uh, a Jamarcus Russell situation, like he may never get another shot anywhere. I, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, it feels more like EJ Manuel to me, where he goes to be a backup somewhere and just slowly disappears over a one-year period. Uh, it's it's certainly ugly. It, it doesn't look good. And, and uh, you know, when he got replaced by Heineke, who who let's face it, anybody that watched that game, he does not have a strong NFL caliber arm. He was throwing noodle balls all over the field, but he was still moving them down the field. Dwayne Haskins (laughs) saw that same defense for a couple of drives and could not get a first down, let alone drive them down the field. It's, it's just not there when it comes to Haskins. I don't know what I'm going to do in that chaos league where he's on a four year deal. (laughs) Antonio Gibson, he 10 for 61, three catches for eight. He had a bum wheel, so he got a little bit of work. It was J.D. McKissick, though, 92 scrimmage yards, eight catches, had a touchdown reception. Guys, is there anything beyond 2020 for J.D. McKissick? He's moved around the league. Has he found a home, or did he just right place at the right time, caught a bunch of passes in 2020? I don't know. I think, I mean, it, why why would they change anything with, with what they've got going with Gibson and McKissick? Um, I guess the only the only reason they might change is if you just want to turn uh, Antonio Gibson into that every down back. We, we know obviously he has pass catching upside, so he could, he could play that role as well that they've given to McKissick. But again, it feels like they're going to stick with the same game plan next year. Uh, the, the running backs is, is not where they need to be making changes. They need to figure out the quarterback and, and get some more receivers in there. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's he's going to be still be a useful asset. You know, if nothing else, a bye week filler for you next season. Uh, he he seems to have solidified that rule, kind of like uh, Theo Riddick back in the day. Feels like a guy that will be released around draft time. That that somebody will need a spot to make their third round pick, and McKissick will hit the waiver wire. Savvy move might be to grab him, scoop him up, and find it halfway through the season when buys and injuries set in that next year you're using him once again for his four or five catches, especially if they have a better quarterback under center in Washington. Uh, the Chargers, they beat the Broncos 19-16 to on Sunday. Herbert was all right, 253 and a touchdown, also added 26 rushing yards. Austin Eckler was good, 10 for 45 on the ground, had a touchdown reception. Uh, not a lot really to talk about with the Chargers. They were without a couple of weapons. Keenan Allen was gone. Mike Williams tried his best to fill in, but they, Herbert was spreading the ball out and only threw for 253. On the other side of things, Noah Fant, 6 for 65. Melvin Gordon, he had 79 rushing yards but didn't catch a pass. And then Jerry Judy, guys, 6 catches for 61. Okay, all right, that's all right. Dropped another touchdown pass. Didn't look consistent. We talked about it last week, Ryan. With Judy, it's, it just hasn't quite clicked. Is this just a rookie that hasn't quite caught up to the league without a rookie uh, offseason? Or is or is it something more than that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to worry. Um, he did have the 6 or 61 today, as you said, but uh, took him 15 targets to get there. And he didn't just drop the... Um, he didn't just drop the touchdown. He dropped five passes today. And I, I actually had to, to check and do the math. Only 17 receivers have dropped five pa- more than five passes all season. Uh, not, not just in one game. Only 17 guys have more than five drops this year. And, and Judy hit that number today. So um, really, I would just echo what I said last week when we talked about him. I still like the player. In general, I would consider him a trade target, but I think the price is not going to drop enough. He's wide receiver 20 in ADP. He's still going to cost you at least a first-round pick, probably quite a bit more than that. So I I don't think I'll be buying him because of that. Yeah, he's the perfect basically the epitome of a hold, right? You can't move, you can't move them because no one's going to pay what you want and you can't buy them because you're not going to pay what somebody else wants. So I think you just have to hold and things are going to get better. You know, maybe, I don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation, but Corlin Sutton's going to be back to take a little pressure off from that regard. And the other weapons, KJ Hamler and Noah Fan will continue to develop. So I think we, we can't give, give up on him yet, but I don't think we can buy where his price still is. And I'm not selling for, for you know a second round pick at this point. Really feels that way when it comes to Jerry Judy, but I, you know, I watch him run his routes and he has the quickness and he makes the breaks and he can get the separation, get open. Part of this is the coaching part of this is probably, or for sure the quarterback, it just, it hasn't clicked just yet. So I'm holding as well. He seems like the, the the kid in school who didn't really do that well, but was super smart, aced all of his tests, but is bored with the homework and everything. So yeah, he, does. Maybe he just has like a bad. He has he's, he doesn't feel respected. He doesn't feel like this offense is going anywhere. And not necessarily that's a that's a you know a quality that we want in our players, but you can certainly see it from from that perspective. I think 
feels like a guy that there might be a small window in some leagues that you could grab him and and it might be really really worth it a year from now we'll see how that plays out uh the Seahawks they they played tough D against the Rams on Sunday they win the game 20 to 9 Russell Wilson 225 at a touchdown also had a rushing touchdown to salvage his fantasy day for those of us that made it to a championship game with him as our quarterback DK Metcalf 6 for 59 man it it really wasn't a pretty game there, Matt. There wasn't a lot uh, up and down the field, as you could expect between the Rams and the Seahawks. Was there any takeaway from Seattle's perspective? No, n- not really. Again, we're looking for off-season, cheap off-season buys, right? So I think maybe add Rashad Penny to your shopping list. You know, way down there, of course. But Chris Carson's going to be another year older. Uh, Penny suffered that ACL last December, so is just now getting back from that. He's getting sprinkled in with a few carries here and there, here and there the last couple of weeks. So it's a good sign that he's coming forward. For, again, remember, maybe maybe you can argue, of course, that he was drafted early, but he was that former, you know, really late first round pick, right, by by Seattle. So you have to think they haven't given up on him, and a year off to recover, another year older for Carson. You know, maybe Seattle goes and drafts a running back, another running back. That's something that's always possible with them. Uh, but Penny is somebody that I think we can scoop up pretty cheap right now i didn't look in the trade finder didn't really think it was worth it but you know you get your rookie draft and you're picking at 312 311 and there's nothing there that looks exciting maybe maybe ship that that super late third round pick for rashad penny ryan you got any thoughts about penny we, we all talked about him his rookie year first round pick and all that but he hasn't had his a real opportunity he's finally healthy and he's mixing in a little bit is do you have any feelings on whether what we should be doing with him I think I think he's just dirt cheap. So uh, I would say, why not try to buy? Um, but beyond that, I mean, not, uh, other than the price, I don't have a lot of reason to target him. It's, it's a dart throw, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a dart throw. And I like the price that you're mentioning when you're at the back of the third round and you're looking for somebody with a little bit of upside. You never know in Seattle, they like to commit to a guy. And if it were to be him and you can get him at the end of the third round, that's a nice investment. Guys, the last game we should talk about here is the Cowboys and the Eagles. That Cowboys offense from early in the season when they were putting 30-plus on every week had finally returned without Dak Prescott. Andy Dalton threw 377 yards and three touchdowns in the Cowboys 37 to 17 win against Philadelphia. Zeke Elliott was good, went over 100, also caught 4 for 34. Gallup was good, 6 for 121 and 2. Cooper 4 for 121 uh and Lamb 3 for 65 and a touchdown. So as far as the Cowboys go, Ryan, your thoughts on this offense? This is at the very least it feels like a good sign that once Dak is back, they'll they're they'll be off and running just like they were early in 2020. Yeah, this is really what I was kind of expecting all along. Even even after the Dak Prescott injury, uh, I, I thought Dalton was competent enough to not nec- not have 375 yards and three touchdowns every game. But um, this this was his first game as a as a top 12 scorer all season. He hadn't even been a a top 12 uh, fantasy QB one in any of his starts this year. So um, he he did that at the right time, I guess, if you were relying on Cooper or or C.D. Lamb. And it was good to see Zeke bounce back as well. So I I think this is a great way to um, end the season. And and maybe the season's not over for the Cowboys now that they're kind of back in in the hunt. Um, But for for dynasty managers, 
this is just going to put the price of all of these guys basically right back where it was six weeks ago or so. Ryan, you and I talked about Tony Pollard a lot last week after his mini breakout in week 15. And, and now this week, Zeke's back, averages more than nine yards, or excuse me, five yards per carry. Tony Pollard today, nine carries for just 12 yards. I think we know who the man is in that backfield. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely fair to say Zeke was motivated by, uh, by Pollard's performance last week and, and by all the talk that came after that. On the Philadelphia side of things, Matt, Jalen Hurts, 342 and a touchdown, but through two picks, still got the 69 rushing yards, so he came through in championship week and certainly looked good. Miles Sanders was pretty good as well, 15 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown, also caught four for 27 yards. You missed last week, Matt, and didn't get to talk a lot about Jalen Hurts the week before. I'd like to know your thoughts of him one more week to go, the whole situation in Philadelphia as a dynasty manager, what do you want to happen in Philadelphia with both Hertz and Carson Wentz? What do I want to happen? Yeah. <laughs> What's best for uh, your dynasty I mean, teams? I, what, what, for my dynasty teams, I don't sure. really have any, any, any of either of them, so it doesn't really affect me personally. But I think they're definitely a more fun team to watch with Hertz. I think if I did have Hertz anywhere in a super flex format, talked a couple of weeks ago uh, that, you know, I, I hope I'm glad I didn't sell any then, or I hope nobody took my advice to sell then for this that late first, because he's probably doubled that value right now. Can you even get him for two first now in a super flex format? I'm not sure about that. So uh, I would still investigate selling him. I just, be, just again, just because of that uncertainty, we're, going, we're all assuming that Carson Wentz is not going to be back. Uh, but and and we know how teams can manipulate contracts, but he they're they're going to owe him an awful lot of money. So unless they're going to pull off some kind of like Brock Brock Osweiler is trade where they actually pay somebody to take on the contract, right? Uh, I, I just I don't know. It just seems confusing to me, and I, I can't really wrap my head around how what they're going to do with both of those two quarterbacks. So I still would be investigating selling if you can get two firsts and in, in next year's class in, 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 in a situation where you can get one of these quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round. I think it's something I would still consider doing. Guys, if you had to bet right now if Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts were going to be starters in week one in 2021, would you bet on both of them? I would. I think I would. I would yeah. as well. It feels like he's going to move on uh, and and have a job somewhere. Hopefully it's in the right spot and we get we get the best of Carson Wentz and the best of Jalen Hurts in 2021 because they're both fun to watch when they're at their peak. That does it for this championship edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. Hopefully all of you wrapped up your titles this week and come back next week to start talking about what to do to repeat in 2021 as we talk about every player that matters to your Dynasty team going forward. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again next week.